Cinema Spectator, a movie podcast, is produced because of listeners like you. If you want to support our show, you can share it, give us a rating on iTunes, and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ecfsproductions, where you can throw a couple dollars our way and get access to our exclusive content. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Hello and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Batman Begins, directed by Christopher Nolan, starring Christian Bale and a couple other, you know, interesting faces that we'll get into. My name is Cameron Tuttle and I'm joined today with Isaac. Isaac, how are you doing? I'm good. Look at this. We're arms reach. Touch my hand. We're in person. Sorry if the audio is a little weird. We don't care. We wanted to hang out. This is the first show we've done together in this apartment that i'm living in yes or adu whatever you want to call it and it's been the first time we've recorded in person in a long time that wasn't bonus content i think yeah i think well the last time we would do it up in sf Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i can't remember the last one that we did in person um can you think of one Oh, no. the last duel! I think that might oh. have been the last one. Wow, that's, a, that's and been we a did that time. at um, at the other place. Yes, at uh, at at my at at Ken's place where I was living with Glenn. No, we did that at uh, Jules's parents' place in the living room. Oh my gosh, Random. was I house sitting? I think so. Yeah. Wow, I I have that completely blocked out of my memory. At this yeah, point. that was fun because that's a really good movie. Yeah. Um and. I don't know. It was just that, that was the last one that I can think of. I I, I really can't think of that. Was that was definitely our last couch recording. Mm. Yeah. So mm. I don't know how this is gonna go. I mean, we'll see. We're lounging right now. It's good. Yeah. Pretty soon my back's gonna lock up. I'm gonna go into a full seizure because I'm not sitting in my nice office chair or whatever. Worst it, comes to worst, I can just grab the chair in the other room. You guys are just gonna have to deal with that. But yeah, I mean, whatever. We'll figure it out. Me and Juzo recorded one in person a couple of weeks back. So, and that was pretty fun. I I feel like my apartment is a lot louder than yours is. You're like tucked away in the back. Yeah. You have a very quiet space. It's very cool. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My house is, uh, there's fans going and there's like things on the street, but you know. We do have AC. I mean, there's a high ceiling here, so we might get a little bit of echo, but I don't care. What's like, I want to have Cameron come over Mm. and we got to change up the flow. Mm. And we took a week off. Yeah. You know, the last show is probably going to be way more professional than this one. So if you enjoyed the last episode, great, because we're still talking about Christopher Nolan. But, Ooh, yeah, you know, I feel like our flow is just different in person. You know? I agree. I think it's better. We can we can interrupt each other. You know, I can basically signal to you with my hand how much longer I'm going to go. You're looking <laughs> at my hand like, okay, I, I know when to come in. The cues are on point, right? Well, it's, it is interesting because when you're – there's something different about being online. It's just like, yeah. I don't know. We don't have to talk about that. That's boring. It's convenient. What have you been watching, Cameron? Have you watched anything? Uh, oh, I, I'm finishing Succession. So I watched two episodes last night. I'm probably oh. going to watch the next two tonight or tomorrow. Mm. Um, so I'm almost done. I only have two episodes left of the of the whole series. I took a big break because I was wedding planning and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of things going on in my life. I was moving. Yeah. Yeah. Um I had a busy month, but I think right now I'm like relaxing. Good. I've got I'm getting into the flow again. So I, I feel like I'll watch more things now. 
I want to start actually watching movies again. It's mm. it's been it's been tough because obviously we watched Oppenheimer uh, two weeks ago, but it's been tough to like actually watch a movie for fun. Um, yeah. that hasn't been a part of this podcast. Although I did watch on the plane um, when we went to Thailand, I watched a couple of movies. Uh, for the first time. And that was like, that was like only for fun. I was just, you know, relaxing on the plane, watching movies. So that was, I think that was the last time that I actually sat down and just, you know, put on a movie. So it's always hard to watch something new for me as well. I feel like this podcast is usually my dose of new movies. Although we are doing Nolan stuff, which has been a lot of fun, especially Mm. for the summer. Um, I have actually seen a few things uh, in the last few weeks. Okay. Tell me. Um, just to follow up with the Oppenheimer conversation, I did see Barbie. Okay. Um, I think it's a little bit of a mess, Mm. but I do think it's still kind of fun and I am so dreadful to know what terrible toy movies are going to come out after this one because it made so much money. So it is weird. Yeah. I mean, obviously Mattel has to do that where they're like, yeah, of course we're going to follow up. But in some ways, like I hope they learned the right lessons about getting like, uh, a talented director um, getting, you know, some big stars, having sort of original content and giving a certain amount of freedom. Obviously, um, who who actually made Barbie? I don't, I don't, who was the production company? I don't know. Or the the studio. I, I, this is a question for you. Was it Universal? Time. I think it might have been Universal. I, I'm not sure. I'm really, I'm really not sure. Um, but, Mattel is all over the movie. It's like a primary character in the film. So yeah, that's what I've heard. I'm not sure like if the Mattel CEO. Yeah, and like that yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I think I think in some ways there's good lessons to be learned about it. I haven't seen it yet, but I I feel like there's good lessons to be learned about like getting good talent and like doing things right. Um, yeah, yeah, not being cynical about certain things. You know, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like the follow-up about it being like, yeah, we're going to make an Uno movie is kind of (laughs) cynical. But at the same time, like, I don't know how you could do it for that, how you could make a good movie about Uno, but you could make a good movie about certain other Mattel properties, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know what to expect out of Barbie. I think they dug into some, like, satirical, like... I don't know. There was something about it that was like very weirdly like, like just like snarky commentary and things like that. I just, it doesn't really feel like a kid's movie. And even when it's trying to be super funny, not every joke landed in the theater, but then some really landed. Mm. I think the funniest performance is definitely from Ryan Gosling where he, there's like a whole bit where he like mistakes the patriarchy for a love of horses like <laughs> the patriarchy of men for horses. Mm. So he becomes obsessed with horses mm. like in the movie. And I, and I, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but it feels like a lot of cooks in the kitchen, a lot of people wanting to say different things. And I just want to say, if you liked some of the ideas and themes in the Barbie movie, watch Lady Bird. Cause it's a much tighter script mm. and it's a much better movie. In my opinion, I feel like Lady Bird is yeah, like probably. a great film. I, I really like that movie. So. I, I like Lady Bird too. I also liked Little Women um, as well. I think um, uh, Juzo really hated Little Women, but I thought it was actually very s- sweet and 
had a lot of really interesting things going on. Um, so there's, it's a co-creator, right? Because the Lady Bird director and then the person that did Marriage Story like worked on the Barbie movie. Oh. So there's a clashing of voices. Mm. I don't know if you've seen those two films. Like, Just imagine a pairing of that. Sure. I mean, which I, is- <laughs> I could imagine a, an interesting... Both of those movies have like... I don't want to say similar vibes, but just in terms of... Uh, what, what's his name? Um, the guy who did Marriage Story? Again, Noah Baumbach. Yeah. Noah yeah. Baumbach. Yeah. I think he's attached to the Barbie movie somehow. Is he? I, I didn't know. Again, but. not my forte. This, uh, is, <laughs> this is supposed to be your job, Cameron. I don't... Well, I mean, I didn't watch the Barbie movie, so I, <laughs> I didn't know I was supposed to be all read up on Come it. Come on, man. Know? You're the expert on the uh, show. Yeah, right? I guess. I mean, I guess I should have seen the Barbie movie. I know. What's going on? Oppenheimer was a much more interesting uh, uh, thing to me, but... You know, oh. I mean, Barbie, to, to be fair, um, kind of a shock that Barbie made as much money as it did. I mean, really pretty surprising, but yeah, I think the, um, the property is iconic. I'm trying to think of another property that is like that based on a toy that could have a massive impact. I don't know, maybe like Nerf, but that would just be strange. <laughs> Not quite sure where you'd go know. with it. Um, well, it's it it is weird too because Barbie, I, to me, I think our generation was that like the last generation to like have Barbies to like enjoy them as like a staple like toy. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a girl, so I can't really talk yeah. about it. But um, but I feel like kids nowadays do they really care about Bar- Barbie like as a as a property, I don't really know. I feel I think, like I feel like it's a little old fashioned. Yeah, I th- I just think the movie has a lot of uh, things that modernize it. I mean, the cast is definitely a draw. The energy of the film mm-hmm. is it feels very mo- modern. There there are moments where it was a little grating for me, um, where it feels like it was designed to be a TikTok commercial. Mm. Um, but overall, I felt fairly mid about the the experience. Okay. Uh, t- I took Juliana to see it. It was a date. She was very excited to see it. Um, she had mixed feelings about it as well. Um, she surprisingly, she thought that some of the messaging, like Juliana has some ideas that are more feminist. And she was like, I wanted it to hit on some things that it didn't. And I also felt like when it did hit on things, it made me feel strange like she was, her her critique, which I don't know if she wanted me to show this, but I will, is she said, I was excited to feel empowered as a woman watching that movie, and I didn't feel like it made me feel empowered, which I've heard the opposite thing from some women that saw it. So I don't know. I Again, I think the, the movie's biggest flaw is that it has too many cooks in the kitchen, that the things it's trying to say then clash with other things that are said later mm-hmm. or before. Uh, it just feels mixed. And then it kind of undercuts its own messaging um, for the sake of jokes that don't land sometimes, mm-hmm. which is, is I don't know. But I, I do th- I do think that the film, on a technical level, is impressive. It's gorgeous. Um, I think that there are some scenes. There's one particular scene that um, apparently a director did not want to cut with Barbie interacting with an old woman at a bus stop. And the studio wanted to cut it. It was like the best moment in the movie for mm. me. Um, so I'm glad scenes like that were in it. Um, definitely a massive success. And I can't wait to uh, 
see what other horrible Plato <laughs> movies are going to be made out of this. You know, <laughs> um, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, the only other thing I've been watching is the uh, not the boys. Um, this this show called Invincible. It's something I've been meaning to check out for a while. Absolutely hooked me. I binged the entire thing in a weekend. That never happens to me with yeah. TV shows. And you and I were discussing before we started recording. I think I have a thing for animated films. I'm or animated anything. Like I love Avatar: the Last Airbender. I like um, like the Clone Wars, the uh, new and old Clone Wars. Um, love Justice League, and I really feel like this this show is like an adult version of Justice League. You add some Mortal Kombat fatalities. You add a little bit of language, some stellar voice acting performances, great writing, um, really great like. vocal acting as well like they bring across a lot of emotion with some um like some animation that doesn't like it it just convinces you all in the right ways Mm. um i guess if you're a little freaked out by like blood in cartoons which i know that can kind of be a turnoff for some people like you're not gonna like this but for some reason it didn't bother me um like i had seen some of the boys and that was like too gross um this show it's like a superhero will like punch a guy's body in half, but it's like so ridiculous that it kind of didn't like, again, it was very much mortal combat. Yeah. Sort of, sort of violence. Highly recommend the show. If you can stomach that, um, Steven Yoon is the lead and JK Simmons, uh, has a crazy good performance in it as well. He's like the dad, right? Yeah. 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 So good. He's like, yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah. So I was very hyped once I finished the last season the show does this great thing, which I haven't had in a lot of TV shows that I've watched, where it feels like the world is massive that they're exploring. It doesn't fix everything, and you just want to like figure out what's going on around every single corner. So, highly recommend Invincible. I'm going to try to get my brother to watch it. I'm trying to get. I, I want to get you to watch it at some point too. How many episodes? Eight. Eight. Oh yeah, yeah. Thirty sh- minute or hour, forty five minutes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Pretty. Doable. Yeah, very, sure. very doable. Um, yeah, I have to take over the TV because I don't think Keanu would want to watch it. She did like the boys, actually. Surprisingly, I tried to get Juliana to watch it, and then she just like when the guy runs through the person, she's like, "I hate this. Like, I'll never watch this again." That was what hooked her. Was she was uh, like, "Oh my goodness." Yeah, like, but she she like likes certain, <laughs> certain yeah darker themes like that. So you know, she's. She's funny, but she, I, we stopped watching, I think the latest season, we just hadn't gone back to it. Um, I, it's like a lot, it's a lot of, so the themes are pretty, I really like the Homelander memes. He's, he's (laughs) awesome. He is, he's great. And, um, his character is just so evil, so evil, Yeah, (laughs) but also like kind of sympathetic. He's like. He's a very interesting. Uh, he's written really well. In the yeah, show, but yeah, I was all superheroed out, but uh, yeah, Invincible just ignited something. It's that it's that idea of wonder, right? Mm. Where I'm just excited to be in a world that's well put together. Um, yeah, I think if you like Avatar, The Last Airbender, if you like Justice League, this show is going to be right up your alley as an adult for sure. Mm. Um, and I will say I turned it on in front of Juliana. Sure, I was on episode four or whatever. 
she was like, I don't want to watch this, but she didn't complain when I was like, I think I'm going to finish the show like right now, like <laughs> over, like in the next like four hours, you know, I'm just yeah. going to binge it. And she was, she just kind of was like, okay, I'll sit here and kind of watch it with you. And she didn't hate it. So, mm. um, like that, I would say that's high praise, uh, yeah. coming from Juliana with an animated show, but we're not supposed to just talk about TV Cameron. Of course, we're going to talk more about Christopher Nolan. I actually want to get back to Oppenheimer as well. This is mm. cinema spectator. You can support us at patreoncom slash ECFS productions. Throw a couple dollars our way, get some benefits over there. Really what helps the show is you guys just listening to it, giving it a rating, um, sharing it. It really means a lot to Cameron and I, we appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much for supporting this show that's been going on for almost three years, over three years. Oh, my goodness. At this point. I looked on my LinkedIn today. Wow. Uh, I know. It's wild. <laughs> so, uh, Cameron, what are, what are we doing? You're on a Nolan kick? What's happening here? It's not ending. Uh, yeah, well, I we saw Oppenheimer, um, and we kind of had like a... Not a discussion, but it was more like... It would be fun to revisit the the Nolan Batman trilogy partially obviously we've both seen it you know yeah, that was yeah. part of the thing that we talked about with revisiting Nolan movies and I wanted to show you obviously the ones that you hadn't seen and I think you're almost caught up with the movies that you haven't seen hadn't seen from Nolan I think we didn't watch Following no um, you watch we you didn't watch Insomnia I did not um, no. yeah but more or less you've seen pretty much all of Nolan's um, filmography uh but i i wanted to revisit these three movies specifically because for one i think it's going to be a fun discussion going back to them these are obviously movies that uh we both love um in maybe different ways but i think i think have left kind of an impact on us um we both consider them kind of a great trilogy with the dark knight being um, you know, the, the highest of, of the three, but I haven't seen Batman begins in a really long time. I wanted to revisit it. Um, and you know, I thought it would be a good, you know, a good kind of segue from going into Nolan's more serious movies into, you know, these sort of the ones that he's probably most known for, um, and talk about that what is his legacy with that? Um, did these three movies ruin the rest of movies for all time? Because now we're continuing with superheroes forever and ever. Mm. Um, but also just in terms of, is this still a good movie? Is Batman begins, um, the dark Knight and dark Knight rises. Are they still like, do they hold up in Nolan's, um, you know, in, in his, in his filmography? I feel like, this movie especially, uh, people don't look back on super fondly. I think people think of it as like, oh, it's just the origin story. Um, kind of, you know, mid in, in Nolan's career. So I was, I was actually especially interested in looking at this movie, um, just considering how much uh, it's, it's glossed over in terms of Nolan being... Uh, such a prolific filmmaker and this movie is kind of just <laughs> a little bit buried under the rug. Yeah. Um, and also I, I did want to, um, you know, I, I am really excited to talk about dark Knight with you. Oh um, yeah. Cause I, I don't, I don't know that we've ever had like a full on discussion about the dark Knight. Um, 
And then you have been talking about Dark Knight Rises a yes. lot. And and uh, talking about how much you want to go back and, and watch it. And that one was the one that I, I didn't feel that into when I first saw it. Um, so I'm excited to go back and see it and maybe, maybe I'll change my mind. So I, I thought it would be fun to, to take an, another couple of weeks and, uh, just dive into, into these three movies that I think we both love and, um, have, have some, I think some deep traits that, that Nolan has continued throughout his career. Um, but with that, I mean, what do you, what do you have to say? I mean, I feel like, I feel like this is a movie that is weirdly like everybody's seen it, but nobody really talks about, I guess. Sure. Yeah. No. And and even like being able to recall the plot, um, Mm -hmm. the beginning of this film, you probably don't remember. I'm just going to put that out. Oh, I do that. That's actually the most, the, the thing about this movie that I most remember is the beginning of this film. Well, like, like the opening, like in the prison. Yeah. With him, uh, with him being approached by Ra's al Ghul. I think it's the most fun this movie is, actually. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, watching it, I was like, wait, what's going on? Like, why are we not, like, seeing him, you know, like, watch the parents get shot? And that does come within the first 10 minutes, right? Yeah. Um, But it does this very Nolan-esque thing where it tells things a little bit out of order, which is, it actually makes it much better to revisit, I think, um, because you know the main beats of Batman. Yeah. So revisiting it in a way that's kind of told in a different order actually is more engaging, I think, as an audience member. And even just someone who's seen this movie before, um, this film does a lot to make the origin story much more interesting than what people give it credit. And I think that's probably the highest praise that I have is is coming back to this one, I... I kind of was the most interested to watch this and The Dark Knight Rises. I have no question that The Dark Knight's great. I just want to yeah. watch it because there's so much of it that I need to witness again mm-hmm. on a screen. You know, I'm I just I miss some of those. Like, I mean, we were just we were just raving about the the heist scene at the beginning. Like, I'm like hungry to watch it. You know, I'm excited to watch it. Um, but there are two really major things that I pulled away from the from watching this. Um, I don't remember how long it's been since I've seen it. Um, the first thing is that this is a much better Batman movie than the Batman, which came out recently. Um, and I think a lot of people look at the Batman and they like the, some of the film style, the, the, the dirty lenses, like, and, and yeah, all of that is cool. But Nolan does this great thing with his movies where he, and and this is my favorite thing that he does in, in films, and this is something that I don't think he really did in Oppenheimer. Um, I guess maybe you can make an argument for, but it's like you can kind of just let, like take them as face value, but on a second watch or a third watch, there's these deep philosophical questions that are posed when they really didn't need to be put there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really could have went without exploring them, but he 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 digs them in with incredible depth in a story that um, could have just been entertaining on its own. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's number one. I, I rewatching this, I was like, yeah, it's going to be the origin, but you know, the political philosophy behind Rachel, Bruce Wayne's character and Ra's al Ghul, like you get kind of this just unique perspectives on a like kind of current event in Gotham. Right? Yeah. 
how the city's doing, and then how that kind of reflects in your own personal like walk of life. You know, that's what that's what I was surprised by. Is I was like reflecting on like you know <laughs> San Francisco's falling apart right now, and we live in the Bay Area, and this movie is like hitting on conversations that you hear people talk about all the time, like where we're from. And it does it in a way where it's dark and grungy, but I mean, like also, you know, there's a lot of regular life shown in it. Whereas the new, uh, the Batman is like all over stylized. Mm -hmm. It's all over stylized where it kind of feels like sort of an angsty representation of anger against the way society is and how, I mean, at least in America, like some people feel about city life. Um, this movie actually, for some reason, dug into something a lot more um, relatable, which you would think, uh, I think on a base level, like the Batman stylizes something that's relatable and maybe that's why it was successful. Um, like, and I, I use the word angst cause it feels like there was like a very emo, like, you know, the Nirvana songs paired with all the marketing and stuff and like, Oh, like everything sucks, you know? And that's kind of how the Batman is. But the dark, or uh, Batman begins, it's like, um, it feels applicable in 2005 and it feels applicable now. And that's just, it's just amazing. I couldn't believe how well it aged. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was noticing how, uh, like how interesting some of the dialogue was. Like it's, I feel like it, this movie is written so well. Um, the things that Gordon has to say, the things that um, that Alfred has to say, mm -hmm. all of them have these, you know, these sort of peripheral characters. And and really, you know, as a Batman origin story, you're seeing Bruce grow up in a certain sense. You know, if it, it is kind of like a coming of age movie in that way, where you're seeing him him grow from being a, you know, obviously he's a kid sort of at the beginning. Um, and then he, he, he's a young adult. He's making very difficult decisions in his life where, um, you know, he's ready to, to end his life basically for, uh, for revenge. And, you know, he's, he's ready to make that decision and something external stops it. But, um, you know, he was there to do that, you know, to, to kill, um, what is his name? Joe chill, I think. Um, yeah. And yeah. and so, you know, th there's something there's something interesting about watching his his walk, but all of all of that is being shaped. I was I was really interested by how much of this movie is about the changing nature of Bruce Wayne as a character. Um he's being mm. influenced by a lot of the things that are outside of of, you know, his control. He gets, you know, pulled under Ra's al Ghul's wing, and he learns a lot from him. He learns not only how to fight, but also this theatrical side, and you know the the meaning of uh, appearing and disappearing, and and how do you how do you you know terrify your your opponent? Um, and then you know on the on the opposite side, he learns a lot from Alfred as well, who's who's you know all the way through. He's basically you know the father figure for for Bruce, being like. You you want to do a certain thing, but I ca I actually care about you as a person. You have a name to uphold. You have certain responsibilities that you're supposed to do. Um, there are things that people would expect of a billionaire socialite who <laughs> you know uh, you know sits around all day. Uh, what are you actually upholding? And if you're if you're trying, I know you're trying to 
you know, prove something to the city, but maybe also, you know, don't forget about Bruce Wayne as well. Um, he needs to, to keep up appearances. And then Rachel as well is this, this person, even actually Falcone, we're watching it in, uh, in the background, but even Falcone in the scene leaves an imprint on, on Bruce. There's, so there's all of these characters are, are like leaving their fingerprints on Bruce and he's taking away lessons. Yeah. That was the thing that I, I'd never even really considered, but as Batman, as an origin, um, I think it's so, it's so well done. You never see that in, in superhero movies, basically you've never, I I've never seen another origin story where the character is actually being shaped and molded by everyone around them by different circumstances. Like even the, the superhero element, quote unquote, you know, where he's, um, he's getting the cowl and it's, you know, it's bad specs. And so he has to go out at night with a, you know, with a balaclava and like his, his suit's not ready yet. And he's like, he's doing all these things. That's, that's really interesting. And obviously there are scenes like that in different movies, but I think in this one, especially it's very, it's about the molding of, someone who could be Batman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And even, even furthermore, I love that you're saying that the good and the bad influences who Bruce becomes in this movie. I had never thought about that till the scene with Falcone where he says like, don't come down here with your anger. Like, yeah. What, what do you know about this life? And he right? goes and he becomes a criminal in like China or whatever. Yeah. You know? And the, the like, scene where he's like, he's like, I'm not stealing. Right. <laughs> but it, it, cause he's stealing from his own company yeah. and stuff. It's really interesting how it's like he, he faces that the, the closest comparison I can think of is, uh, Tony Stark's tran- transformation in Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But that, that's really influenced by like that one guy in the cave with him. Yeah. And then after that, he's changed. And I think even then, like Tony Stark is a confident character, right? Yeah. He's he's the one who's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm Tony Stark. I'm gonna blow this up, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. Like I, Jarvis, pull that up. You yeah, know, right? <laughs> like I I feel like Tony Stark has a reputation for being someone who is impenetrable in in his like wit and charisma. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Wayne does not have that. <laughs> Right. Does not have that uh, uh, that reputation, and I think I think in this movie, like you're really seeing Bruce Wayne, the building blocks of what makes him the person that he is, yeah. and and that's why at the end, you know, we were talking a little bit before how the end feels somewhat unsatisfying. I think just maybe in retrospect, retrospect, probably based on the other two, but um, you know, they have that conversation with he has that conversation with Rachel about how um, the man that he is, is Batman. The man right. that he, you know, he pretends to be is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I think that is actually a really interesting sort of dynamic on, on what he's, what he's building towards throughout the whole movie is really his, his mission and his goal and the facade that he puts on, which is Bruce Wayne um, is kind of this, this, you know, showy, flashy billionaire guy who, you know, probably would exist in a world where his parents die and, you know, he has all this money and he, you know, basically gets to do nothing for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's kind of, it kind of has this, um, 
I don't know. It's a really, it's a really interesting like dynamic that he's, we are, it is a true origin story and that he's, he actually is becoming the person that he is in the next two movies. Yeah. Um, Which I, I find to be (laughs) just a really, really unique way to do a story like this. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was a little shocked this time. I was like, wow, Bruce is actually changing so much throughout the movie because of everyone around him. You know, he's being totally like shaped and molded. And this is like a perfect example of, um, of like his, his character is going through, um, this shaping project, you know, everybody's sort of influencing him. Um, but he's also like a, a completely active protagonist which is difficult it's very difficult to be able to balance because you you would kind of think like oh he's like link in the legend of zelda right where he's just unaware of being able to like piece together it's like he's he's kind of flowing down a path that other characters are setting up for him but he does have intentions and i think he the biggest internal struggle with what he's driving towards is like he has this burning passion for justice right but then he's also being forced to like it's it's like he he faces wanting to serve justice and he does it wrong and learns how he wants to direct it or change it compared to the influences around him like rachel says like you need to stay within the law razagul is kind of the extreme where he's like like let society burn and Bruce kind of falls in the middle with his understanding all around that. Right. And I just think that it, I, yeah, I agree. I can't think of another movie or origin story that allows you to see the shaping of a character influenced by other characters. Unless we're talking about Dune part one, Ooh. which I feel like maybe is, yeah. is, is it, the only thing is, is that I think Timothy Chalamet's character in that film Less active. Less active. Yeah. He's much more of a sponge uh, than in this movie. Uh, it seems like Bruce has an objective, which is fix Gotham. Yeah. I mean, well, and he makes he makes hard decisions in, in this movie. I don't know. I mean, I guess Chalamet's character does as well. He makes a couple of hard decisions. But I feel like this, you know, even in the very beginning, Bruce has like, there's a certain forthrightness to what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. He has like certain principles um, which we were talking a little beforehand where some of them are kind of funny. They're obviously like the Batman class. You can't, you yeah, can't mess yeah. with it. You know, you, Batman doesn't use guns. That's like number one. Mm-hmm. He doesn't kill. I guess that's number one, but you know, he doesn't kill and he definitely doesn't use guns to kill. Right. Um, uh, Zach. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like there's, there's, you know, that, that's like the major, the major thing. And so, um, you know, there's, there's that scene where, you know, he's, he's being tasked with, <laughs> with murdering, so, you know, some, some which I forgot. I didn't even remember that that was in the movie. like to execute someone. I was yeah. Like, I love what? it. It's, oh. it's amazing. The whole training sequence I think is so good. Yeah. Um, you know, meeting, meeting Raza Ghoul, Liam Neeson's character, um, you know, the, the challenges. I love the, the whole test where, uh, <laughs> where they have to, um, 
they have to find each other in the group of men. Um, yes, like yes. it's it's aw- it's an awesome sequence. That's the best action sequence in the movie, I think. Also, I just want to say, very impressed with the similar visuals and the connection to the Dark Knight Rises. And the, I was like, wow, they really set this up, you know, <laughs> in an amazing way. I, I was like, I had forgotten. Because there was a part where he's in prison at the beginning of this. I was like, am I watching Dark Knight Rises? Like, mm. what's, what's going on? You mm. know? And yeah. and it's like, oh, no. Like, it just kind of, it's maybe just circling back on some of those things which are awesome and laid laid out, like, in this film. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's dope. Well, and... Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, so you know he's he's tasked with with killing this prisoner, but instead he decides to burn everybody down and uh, and murder everybody <laughs> in the house. Yes. Uh, oh yes. <laughs> um, but, which which you know obviously maybe a little bit of a plot hole, but um, uh, maybe he's just he'd... escaping Cameron. It is kind of funny because like the principles of Batman, I I've always thought kind of don't make sense. Um, he he. He's just saying God is the judge, jury, and executioner. He's just there to witness, but not necessarily enforce. You know, he's n- well, sort of. <laughs> I mean, but this this is the weird thing, right? He he's obviously going outside the law, you know, and to some extent, you know, you can you can say maybe this is necessary in uh, um, in Gotham City. It's so corrupt. There's nothing you could do. Gordon, you know, he's the good cop and he can't even, his partner's corrupt. He can't even do anything. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so like there, there's probably is justification for, for someone who has a lot of resources to come up and say, like, I'm going to do what's necessary to further the, but, but, but Batman's point is that he, he does what's necessary outside the law, but inside, the system still right so yeah. he's he's a vigilante but instead of throwing carmine falcone in the river um he gives him to the police with all of the the necessary evidence to put him away right you know? right and so so there is this this sort of interesting dynamic there um so you know the, the whole point is like yeah i'm i'm trying to fix the broken system right I still believe in the system. I still want to do things in the in the law, um, but in order to get there, you kind of have to break some rules. We kind of have to go outside the system, right? Um, which I don't know if that's the net. That's like the best uh, lesson to learn necessarily, but it feels like very two thousand five. <laughs> you know, two thousand five political talk in comparison. Right, the Batman is like it's all corrupt like right. it's just it's just all right you know everything is just falling apart you know yeah which which to be fair i appreciate that as like yeah batman is the symbol of of justice in an unjust system right? yeah yeah but well see that's what i think batman begins does better than the batman which i know you haven't seen yeah but the batman is much more vengeance based mm. it's what he always says he, he's just violently just angry he's just super edgy and wanting to beat up everybody that kind of seems like the opposite of batman's character right right that's what's kind of weird and then he doesn't have any if he has no struggle like he'll like walk Mm. into a crime scene he'll just be like this is the answer and you're like (laughs) how did you know you know like you just know right he's he's the greatest detective it's like yeah it's like the batman has him so far established um 
it's just it's just confusing because it's it's fun to watch Batman struggle with the things that he stands for mm. and still be able to be strong as a hero despite having to navigate that difficult thing. I, I, feel, I really feel like that's what makes a great origin story. I think Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy, the first Spider-Man, like Peter Parker makes mistakes and faces consequences. Yeah. And that I, I feel like he, that that film is an, a really good origin story. I don't know if it says philosophically deep or comment commenting on political things. I feel like it's more interpersonal um, where this film is surprisingly much more philosophical, but I guess that's not surprising knowing Christopher Nolan. It's just interesting to revisit it after seeing it originally and just kind of being like, that was a great Batman origin film. Mm -hmm. And now seeing so much of Nolan's DNA in this, in every piece of dialogue, (laughs) like how, you know, we just watched Oppenheimer, which is people questioning the philosophical damages that they've they've done with right, their actions. Yeah. And this movie is still kind of doing that. Yeah, of course. Which is, but it, but of course, this movie is way more fun than Oppenheimer <laughs> and way less depressing as well. So, sure. Um, <laughs> uh, well, it, no, it. I mean, you you make a good point in that this this movie has um, every every decision that's being made is is a question of should I do this? Is this a good thing to be doing? You know? Mm-hmm. And everyone around him is giving him different different answers. And he's like the one who's who's really like thrusting forward and being like, yes, this is actually the path that I want to walk. Right. Um and even th- even people that have his best interests. Like I love the yeah. conflict between him and Alfred in the movie, which I had totally. forgotten about. Um the scene at the party and the consequence of him not listening to Alfred too. Like I kind of feel bad for Alfred with that house, you know. Yeah. He's like he's like man, like <laughs> he's also not like beating up like Bruce about it, but well, and I love that I love that scene later where they're talking about, you know, might be a good time to reinforce the south wall, you know, yeah, like yeah. He's, and, and there's there's something cool about um I I love their relationship in this movie. Probably more than it than both of the other ones. Yeah, he's he's much more the mentor figure in this movie than he is in in the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know if you remember in the Dark Knight, but he burns the letter from from Rachel. He's like, yeah, he's he's a really interesting character in the Dark Knight too. But um, it, it, it they just have a different relationship, being you know that that far into what he's doing. Yeah. It feels a little more disciplinary. Yeah. Even in the dark Knight rises as well. Mm. If I remember that. Yeah. Where he's like, you're going too far, you know, in both of those <laughs> movies. Right. Right. Yeah. He's like, you're losing yourself, you know, completely. but, but in this one, it's very like balanced. It makes a lot of sense. It, it's, it's loving. He has this, this deep connection to, the Wayne family, uh, you know, he, he's kind of like a steward of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he, he wants to see Bruce succeed. I was like, I kind of teared up when, when he was that second time when he was like, you still haven't given up on me. He was like, never. Yeah. You know, in the, yeah. in the cave, like it's, it's really good. And, I, and that was, that was what was most surprising to me was like, yeah, of course there's, there's sort of the, um, well, I don't want to say, of course. Um, there is a lot of 
deeper philosophical things. There's these sort of questions of right and wrong. Um, but there's also, there's also a lot of like human moments that are very touching as well. Um, like I think the stuff with his dad is very touching. Yeah. Um, you know, when he brings him into the house and he says, you know, why do we fall, you know, master, uh, why do we fall Bruce? You know, it's to, to get back up. Uh, you know, there's, there's like these moments that are, um, that I think are really effective and work. Um, I don't know. I think they, they, they work to sort of build this character as like, here's the challenge that you have to make with a Batman movie. You have to make someone who is so okay with beating the crap out of people, but also um, measured and controlled and has a sense of right and wrong. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a challenging character to build. Someone who is like totally fine to go out in the middle of the night, um, beat up people who are, who are doing wrong, um, give them to the cops, and then... Uh, <laughs> but also be be steadfast in in knowing what justice would be would what right and wrong would be um yeah and, and the newest batman film like it doesn't feel like that's even attempted it's just <laughs> angry guy um but this film i i just thinking about it talking about it like is this the happiest Batman movie? Like, it feels like the most uplifting. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's like the most positive Batman film, despite it being somewhat dark. It is dark, yeah. yeah. And, uh, like, the Scarecrow character, I mean, that's, he's, you know, they're trying to tear the city apart with, like, yeah. you know, fear hallucinogenics. I was like, <laughs> like, is this, like, predicting the fentanyl crisis? Who knows? I mean, know? maybe. <laughs> It's like pausing. What should I say? <laughs> uh, but I mean, also like, yeah. There's there's so much. I don't know. I feel like this movie. It's a shame that it's kind of glossed over because I really do think there's something um, kind of intriguing about about what it's doing. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. I. I'm like people think of it just as like, oh yeah, it's the Batman origin story, whatever. But it's like it actually has so much it's got, going on. It's got depth. It's got depth, just like the uh, the Dark Knight, I'd say. And it will be interesting to revisit yeah. because I remember the Dark Knight being like this Inception esque question. It poses this question, right? You know, order and chaos, right? And the clash between that. Um, there's something that that feels like maybe this is the wrong thing to say but it feels more like this movie's philosophy is like kind of hinged in like ideas around western justice mm -hmm. yeah and there's something about the dark knight that's a little more eastern to me and I don't know. I don't know maybe, wh yeah. what that is maybe it's the yin and yang clash thing going on but. well I think the characters of Batman and the Joker are very like that that is the the dynamic is very um, order versus chaos, yeah. But I think I think that's pretty clear in the movie. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. It's also, I mean, I'm I'm just excited to revisit it. Maybe we should save that conversation for when we when we get there. But um, what, get, what's weird? What's weird about this movie is th there are so many scenes that I 
it's almost like I forgot that they were in this movie um, that I that I love and I think about often. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like if, you know, again, we're talking about the uh, uh, the movie as it's going on, but uh, the scenes with with Lucius, um, you know, giving him the bat suit and yeah. giving him the the roller, and you know, there's there's like fun fun moments with that that are just um i don't know just engaging i, I did i did remember those scenes in the dark night not in this film which is weird but they are in this film not the yeah. dark night right no yeah there there are some scenes that are like that where um you know batman upgrades a suit you know so that yeah, he can yeah, yeah. move i will say some of the um <laughs> props some of the production design doesn't age super well. Um, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, it's just not the, that the bad. The CGI train's stupid. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess. But yeah. I, I felt like pretty much everything else. I mean, you could, yeah, everybody makes fun of the neck. The yeah, the bat suit. Yeah. Um, I, I that's that's the one thing that I noticed was um, the the fight scenes are bad. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a limitation of of the suit. I think it's a limitation of um, probably Nolan as a as a filmmaker at this point. Uh, I think he probably just didn't know how to do some of those fight scenes. That's why I said like the best action sequence is very early on with Razo Ghul. Um, I kind of just feel like that stuff is so much cooler than like him beating up thugs on the dock. Th- that, I like, I like se- the dog scene. That I like sequence scene. is is great, but when he like drops down in the middle of a bunch of thugs and he's like beating him up and it like cuts like super fast and the, yeah, you know yeah. like it's it's a little distracting now um, knowing how much like Nolan can make a really compelling like fight right, sequence right um, and also just you know. Like I love, I love the tension of that scene, but that all happens before like the the fist fighting. You know, I actually don't know if the Batman, uh, like the the this Batman trilogy has very good fist fighting. I, I'm I'm gonna go out there and say that probably not because I I don't know if you remember like the Dark Knight Rises has some pretty horrible f- fight scenes in it. <laughs> like all the guys on the stairs were like, I don't, just, I don't really remember much about that movie. Yeah, so. I think the the best action set pieces in this trilogy are sort of the, um, I love like, like the it's one, like the dominoes, the domino effect. That's what he's really good at with his yeah. action in this. So like, what makes the doc scene good isn't when he jumps in the middle. Yeah, it's all of the guys slowly being picked off, which is super Batman. You know, so it's and, so good. And when they're pouring stuff in the water. Right there's the scene that's like straight out of the Arkham games where he's like taking out the guys one by one. Yeah. Um. There's I love that whole scene where he takes them all out and he runs up the stairs and all the cops are chasing him. Um. And I I did not remember the bat thing. It's so cool. I thought it's it was so amazing. Cool. <laughs> I was like, what? This is like <laughs> when he drops down the middle of the bats. Like that's he like sick. when he drops a little like mine and they yeah. all like follow him and stuff. Um. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that was that was awesome. The way that it kind of stacked up. I thought the car chase scene was good. Yeah, it is good. You know, I, really I mean, I, I don't want to discredit the action. I, I just think it, the, what what's great. The one thing that was silly about it, though, um, I mean, you can pick apart whatever, but I just I I found it funny. This viewing was um, 
he goes through that whole thing where he he jumps on the uh, yeah. on the roofs yeah. and he like smashes know, through the buildings and then he jumps down and there's like five cops who are like right yeah. on him. Yeah. You're like, what was all that for? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> also, I was like annoyed because that roof didn't look like it lined up with the freeway at all. I was like, I know, no yeah. way they could <laughs> jump that. You know, like I don't know. It was. Uh, it's still fun though, uh, but I I don't care about that necessarily. I just I found it funny when it was like it was like he did he did this whole hubbub and and he still he still has a bunch of guys in the helicopter on him. You know, like what's yeah. what's he doing? Yeah, but uh, I, I I guess what I, what I'm saying is that I think the whole trilogy its best action is domino action. I mean that's yeah. what the bank scene is. Yeah, you know it's not that there's great. It's it's that the dominoes are falling and you're so engaged with where it's going. True. Even yeah. like in in Dark Knight, I would even say like I'm just trying to think of the other scenes that I love and remember from the trilogy. When he goes in, uh, when he goes to China and he kidnaps the guy. Oh yeah, that yeah, scene yeah. is amazing. Or the sniper thing at the funeral, right? Yeah, that yeah. that's dominoes. Yeah. You could say even the scene where they blow up the arena in Dark Knight Rises is kind of a domino yeah. thing. You're just kind of bought it, <laughs> bought into what's happening. The airplane heist in in Dark Knight. I mean, Oof. that's you're yeah. like kind of watching just things kind of tip over to the next. Those are the best action scenes. It's not. It's not the scenes where they're punching each other and stuff, which right. I will say Nolan gets much better at. Um he he just gets he gets better at applying that domino effect to um individual fight scenes with Dunkirk. I feel like is just one big domino fall, yeah, right? Yeah. Um even uh I, I think Inception is just probably his best action movie i think so period yeah. you know like <laughs> yeah um, but even even tenet has certain elements of that i as much as i don't like that movie it's got better like visceral fights yeah you know the way the that, the, the backwards and forwards fighting is like is so cool the, so i just cool. remember the scene with the plane and there's like something happening where they're like fighting at the same i don't even know what was happening but i was just into it you know or the opening theater scene in that film that, that's what i mean the the plane which the what they're going back there's like fighting there are people fighting yeah, backwards yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that scene is really good um speaking of actually tenant <laughs> i started watching on youtube tenant in reverse uh-huh they have like the entire movie yeah in reverse you mm-hmm. can just watch it and it was kind of like the same experience as just like watching it it's kind of cool that they let that stay up on YouTube. But. And the music is awesome in reverse, oh, which yeah. is really cool. The dialogue makes no sense, but um, yeah, watching some of the action scenes was interesting. Um, yeah, you could check that out if you want to. If you want to see it, but we get back on Batman Begins. I don't really have too much more to say about this movie besides the fact that I'm impressed with it. The one thing I just wanted to dig into with critique is the ending is just kind of like the rest of the movie is so much more interesting than the ending. Once, once Razal yeah. Ghul throws four guys at him, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like that's where the movie, like I'm almost like falling asleep. I literally, I like, I kind of just started tuning out, you know? <laughs> sure. Um, and yeah. I was like, let's just get to like, but up until then it had me pretty engaged. I think even like, yeah, I think, I think the, exciting moments 
um, you know, you want you obviously want Batman to stop the uh, the steam bomb from exploding the yeah. city or whatever. Um, but in some ways, like I think you're right. Like the the ending is probably the weakest of. It's definitely the weakest of the trilogy, and it's probably the weakest maybe of any of his movies. I feel like. Um, I don't know. It's it's not a. It's a very like. It's like a very par ending, you know. It mm. it works. It's it does its job, um, but it doesn't like blow me away. It doesn't leave me with anything like super exciting. The only thing you remember from the ending is Gordon talking about the Joker, you know. Yeah, which oh. is a cool setup. Yeah. And it works, and it's like, oh, nice. This is this is awesome, you know. There's little comments about escalation too. Yeah, no, yeah, that's oh. that's good. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, what escalation are you going to go from for, you know, a, a super bad guy <laughs> blowing up the water supply and drugging everyone in the city so that they all go crazy? Yeah, like, he's like I don't now know. it's getting really bad. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> the, all right, yeah, Gordon. The next guy, next guy's really going to take it for. Living under a rock. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Uh, but like I, but all, you know, the climax of it and, uh, you know, everything going up to, to sort of that moment, I think really works well. Um, I, what is, what is the climax of this movie? That's, that's the, that's the question. Cause I, I think it, I think it kind of doesn't, whatever it is, I don't know. Like I said, I think, I think it's the scene with the bats. I think that to me, I was like, movie could be over. Like, this is awesome right here, you know? But that's way before. I know, I know. Because, yeah, because his house hasn't burned down yet. He hasn't even, he hasn't even reached the, uh, the darkest place where he's, you know, injured and Alfred has to cradle him back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, really, like the I really like the Razal Ghoul reveal. Mm-hmm. totally bought it when he blows up the house. It was just like once they start doing the whole bomb plot on the train and the Arkham Island, I was just like, uh, like I just, I was just not that interested in that part. Yeah. Um, but when he gets cradled and yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is about that ending that it was like the Razal Ghoul reveal. I wanted that to be like the final conflict. Because you wanted him to stick around for the next movie, or what? <laughs> no, like I just wanted it to be like whatever business they have to do. Like they're just going to do it, like in that reveal. As a matter of fact, I it it ruins the house party scene if you if you don't reveal him there. But like it would have been interesting if they revealed him like even closer to the end, like a final like whoa, like on the train, mm. like that would have done something. But. You could say what like they should have done this or that. I I still think the movie is great. Um, I just thought the ending was the weakest part. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I I kind of agree. I feel like, especially compared to the other two, definitely. Yeah. You know, the ending of the Dark Knight's great. Even, I mean, Dark Knight Rises. You know, it's like is Catwoman gonna leave the city? She's like on her way out. She's like the nuke. All that stuff is cool. <laughs> I guess. It's awesome. And then like the the there's like the twist at the end with like like I'm Razal Ghoul's daughter or whatever, you know? 
Sure. Like, doesn't he get like shanked or something or shot? Yeah, I I don't know. I have to I have to revisit. We have to revisit that because uh, I remember not being super impressed with the ending. The other movie. endings are much more like exciting for some reason. Yeah, this one just has a very like happy. It's it's kind of a happy ending. Yeah. Um. He's he's doing his thing. He saved the city. They want him to, you know, I guess Gordon wants him to continue work. You know, working on beating up the criminals or whatever, or yeah. rounding them all up. Uh, he apparently maybe gets the girl or something. I don't know. They're, yeah, I don't know what's going it's, on. It's a, little, it's a little ambiguous, I guess. But uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I always think about the change of uh, Katie Holmes to Maggie Gyllenhaal. What did you think this time? Yeah, I... <sighs> She's got like Katie Holmes has like kind of a funky smile, um, but I think it works. I think she's like she's she gets a sympathetic. Character. She gets better like as the movie goes on. I agree. Yeah, yeah. She's I not agree. very good at the beginning, but like as it goes, it gets better. Um, but I do remember being more engaged with Rachel in The Dark Knight. Yeah, I. There's something about her that's. Um, she has like more charisma. Um, but I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of split. I've always been split about that. Here, here's, here's how I feel about it. If Rachel died in Batman Begins, I just don't, I wouldn't have cared. (laughs) But Rachel dying in Dark Knight is like tragic. It's like trash. It's like, no, I, yeah, I I know what you mean. And maybe if it was the same actress in Dark Knight, it, it wouldn't, you know. I don't know. Although I do, the the one of the scenes I do really remember from this film is when she, when the scene that's on screen right now, when she gets off the train, Ooh, yeah, and there's like the, so the guy that follows her, like that. That is a terrifying scene. Yeah, this is a very. It's like I, I, because I, we're, I was watching it with Jules last night, and I was like, this is the scene. Like I, I remember being scared of, like as a mm, kid, you know. Yeah. And then like the comedic reveal where the guy like runs away and stuff. <laughs> it's, it's it's good. It's really good, but um. Yeah, probably Batman's best shot in the film. Right here, it's coming up. I know the listeners can't see it. But where he gets tased on the chest or whatever. Yeah, he's sitting there, he gets yeah, tased. Yeah, he's just kind of yeah. hanging out, staring, like not phased at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, I think this, I think I, you know, th- this is what I mean of like Batman becoming the the thing that he is to be, right? Well, yeah. He's, he's like, this is, this is where he builds the enigma that is the Batman. You know, he's he's this kind of scary guy who who appears and disappears out of thin air. Mm-hmm. And I I love that as as sort of it's kind of a it's a funny joke in this movie and in and in the the later movies. Like I think in the Dark Knight, they, Gordon even says like Yeah, he does that or something. Yeah. Um, but like I think I think it works. It works well to like build sort of the character of him as a, um, as like a menacing force. You mm-hmm. know, he's mm-hmm. someone. Also, I I totally forgot that that happened in the same night. He he rounds up Falcone's men, gives them to the police, and then he goes and saves Rachel. He's like, that's the you know I've got yeah. I've got a couple things on my to do list. Tonight, right. You know. Right. <laughs> um. It's yeah. It's just funny. He's like. He's, apparently he could be everywhere, you know. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I love the laser focus on Bruce Wayne in this movie. I think totally. that that's its that's its greatest strength. That's what the other films don't have as much of a focus. There's a lot of crazy characters, which is all about. That's what Batman's all about. But yeah. Dark Knight's got Joker. But honestly, Dark Knight stand out. You know, Harvey Dent. Like, God, he is he's amazing in it. Um, and there's just so much screen time dedicated to those people pulling their leverage. Even Dark Knight Rises has uh, Robin or whatever as a side character, but they spend so much time with him, you know. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and I forgot about him. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and um, <laughs> the orphanage, <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, Bane gets a bunch of screen time. Definitely right. Um, Bane is, I would say, more the standout than yeah. than yeah. Robin. Yeah. yeah, but 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 like Batman's journey in the Dark Knight Rises. It is focused on him, but n- not as well focused as Batman Begins. Yeah. Right? Because he's having to climb out of the pit. This movie, it's like subtle and direct. I don't know. It's it's hard to say, but definitely, I, I would say we you should definitely revisit this film if you haven't seen it in a while. It's kind of, it's the tightest of the three. Oh, yeah. Of the three oh, yeah. in some ways. Like, like quick two hours... Very little fat on this movie. Um, every scene is like is is kind of awesome. Like mm-hmm. you know, maybe up to the end, but like basically every scene is like informing something about the character or like about the you know the villains or something going on. Like there's very little that's that's extra in this movie. Yeah, it's pretty and lightning. I, I don't know. I kind of I I kind of love this movie. I think it's I think it's awesome. I think it's so good. Um, I might, I, this is a weird thing to say, um, cause in some ways the dark Knight has left much more of a legacy on my life, but I, in some ways I kind of think about this movie more than the dark Knight. Mm. You know, it's weird. Like I, I think about him buying the hotel with the girls in right, the pool. Right. I think about him, you know, uh, hanging with Alfred and like putting together the bat suit and like mm-hmm. there's something about there's something so charming about this movie that I think not that's missing in the other two but I just has like has left an impression on me over the years um and this is definitely this is like a close second I don't know maybe not close this is a pretty close second well, to well, I mean, the dark knight you could say it's better than the dark knight Cameron if I you, don't think it is. I and there's a couple reasons that I want to get into. I think we should revisit next, it next week. Next week we'll revisit it, and what we can do is is sort of figure out like where it stands in comparison to The Dark Knight, and then of course we'll chuckle our butts off. But in some ways, rises, this so. this movie is more fun than The Dark Knight in yeah, a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and more like it's like it's like zippy it feels like a modern yeah. superhero movie in some ways yeah. yeah um which is very shocking because this movie was made in 2005 there was like four superhero movies back then it was like x-men one and two yeah and the hulk the incredible hulk <laughs> shush <laughs> um 
I don't know. It uh, like this movie feels very like it. It has some jokes. It has some like clever things. I feels very very modern. Other than the fact that basically all of it is done on like practical sets, which is super cool. I love the I love the set design for this whole movie. I think. It's oh so yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. No, the movie is super pretty. I think that there's some CGI elements that that. Don't hold up super yeah, well. Yeah, make, that make it feel more like a Batman Gotham. This movie has more of a Gotham feel than... Yeah. Than, uh, but I think it's just the, the, the CGI skyline stuff. Whereas, like, Dark Knight, it's like, it's Chicago, you know? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's, like, much it's more... Ways, yeah. it, it feels uh, more like it's in the real world instead of a comic book world. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Well, and and like the fact that like Rachel she she drives down a street and then there's like the underworld where there's like right, you know, yeah. the seedy graffiti things and yeah. there's the bar where all the corrupt judges hang out, you yeah. know. Like there's there is that Does stuff that bar in come this. back. No. Okay. They no. they use that's just in this movie. Just yeah. like it in the Batman. Really? Um yeah, except it's like when he walks into the door, it's like a nightclub instead of a mm. like classy at restaurant sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like very, like they probably use like the same location. <laughs> like, I, I, like it's kind of confusing actually. I was like, wait, like which, what am I watching? <laughs> Interesting. Um, Maybe it's an homage, you know? Most definitely. Um, most definitely. I was also, I totally forgot um, that the, go to Arkham in this movie. They don't yeah, go to yeah. Arkham in any other movie, I think. In the yeah, exactly. Trilogy. Like this actually feels like Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like the other movies, like it's just not like Joker's in jail, but he's not in Arkham. Yeah. Well, even, even then like, like this Arkham quote unquote is like very, it's very, uh, like a prison, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't have a lot of like style in it, you know, like the comic books or whatever. No, but no, 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 no. This, in this movie, I do think it has like a resident evil kind of look. Well, when they go down to the basement. Yeah. Yeah. But like when Batman's running up the stairs in Arkham, like that does look yeah, like yeah. what it's supposed to look like, you yeah. know? Um, it's just when Joker's captured, there's no Arkham. And when they free people yeah. out of Arkham and Dark Knight Rises, it's just a building. Like, I, like it, it's, it really yeah, feels yeah. like a completely different Arkham. Right, yeah. It feels like something com- like drastically shifts in Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises where the city isn't Gotham, but they keep saying it is. Mm. It's not the same Gotham as this It's one. like New York, Chicago, you know? Yeah. yeah, and then this movie is like CGI city, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, which is kind of an interesting choice. I think they wanted. To, I think Nolan probably wanted to use less CG. Which yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like he wanted to do practical things, and he got the chance to in the later movies. But it but. needs more grunge, you know. Like I actually feel yeah. like those movies don't have as much grunge as this one. Yeah, it's like a shinier. But but it kind of works because in this movie, like this is the worst that Gotham should be, right? Batman's been working on the beat for for a I couple got, okay, years in right. in the in the dark night, you know. Yeah, yeah. Things should be turning around a little bit. Yeah. You know, the cops are are back. They're like giving giving some some good resistance to the criminals, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah. It all comes together. Highly recommend that you revisit it. Uh, I think it's really good. 
Really excited to watch the other ones. Me too. This is a great. I mean, this is. I mean, if you're listening to the show, this is a great trilogy to always revisit. Um, and uh, when are we gonna do the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Because that oh that would be awesome. I can't. I I love that trilogy. Like, what's <laughs> even the point? Like, it would just be us geeking out for hours. You know? It would be fun though. It'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. It would be fun. What if we did a commentary? Four hours. Oh. <laughs> That is, we know those movies so well. We probably could. I don't know what makes those movies so special, but um, I, I don't really care what anybody says. I'm going to say it. Like, they're the best fantasy movies ever made. Yeah, I think so. Like I Harry agree. Potter makes no sense. <laughs> like I tried watching it. Like it makes no sense. <laughs> like Lord of the Rings. Like they're like we're going to fill you in on like half the history. And that's not even like all of it, you know. And you you're just gonna be like completely immersed yeah. in this. Um, a- sadly, the only other franchise that made me feel an ounce of that was Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah. But Game of Thrones is icky and it's a mess at some point. And I stopped watching it because I just like it doesn't have a charm. It doesn't have the charm, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's. It's not as hopeful of fantasy world as Lord of the Rings. I mean, Lord is. of the Rings is like not always hopeful. No, no, no. It's very, well, and and especially, well, actually, all throughout, um, everyone is is horrible. They're all yeah. They're all doing not great. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's true. But uh, but there's hope in the end. You know. Yeah. Well, I guess there's hope in the end in Game of Thrones too, but in a very bad and roundabout way <laughs> i just don't understand i yeah game well, of thrones there's i think the the thing that this is totally a tangent yeah the, well, the I, thing I, that's <laughs> great about game of thrones is um is the world building i think they do a really good job about that um in the first five seasons four seasons maybe yeah 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 i don't know what really strung me along because at a certain point it just felt like one of those things that was never going to end. So I just stopped. Yeah. It was like all the stuff that I wanted to like see play out, played out. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, apparently I got off good, you know, like I said, no, you did. This is, I, I, I was telling you from the beginning, just stop. <laughs> yeah, I did. And I, you know, I feel like I get it. You know, it's good. It's good to go. So. Well, um, Okay. Here's a question. Yeah. We just watched the the detective or the DA Finch get shot in the back. Okay. Where <laughs> does that put this episode at? She says oh. later, she says, My boss has been missing for two days. That means I should go start searching in the river. Um but she realize, also kisses him earlier. I didn't realize we watched him get shot. Yeah. On screen. I that didn't register. Well, that's um, why we're talking about Game of Thrones. It's little rats in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Joffrey. <laughs> so good. I totally had, like, I had forgotten that he was in this movie. Is this kid ever going to get another role? I just feel bad. Like, it, it, uh, that, yeah, I, yeah, maybe. He will. I'm sure he will. I don't know. Like, that, that role, like. He's great. He's great, though, as Joffrey. Yeah. He's a perfect Joffrey, actually. A hundred percent. Yeah, he's a perfect Joffrey. It's just, it's just, what else could he play now? No, I know. You know that is the problem. Okay, but but here's my here's my question, mm-hmm. Rachel. It's her boss who dies. 
Yeah. She kisses him earlier. Yeah, they the kind movie. of brush that off. It's like she kisses him, Bruce sees, and he's oh, he's upset. He walk he turns away, and then she says, Let's not go down that road again. It's a really weird I don't know. Like it's a strange I don't even know what what they're doing or why Are they are they like together? Or they well like what's going on? What's I don't know. I Is don't, she dating her boss? No. That's weird. It was insinuated that like no. They they well, did, but it didn't. You know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Pretty weird, Rachel. Pretty weird. And then yeah, that's why they switched out her actress. <laughs> you know. <laughs> they had to tone down Rachel. So. <laughs> Rachel was a little too ghetto in Batman Begins. <laughs> <laughs> they had to make her less ghetto and more suburban in the in the dark night. I don't know. You know? I feel like she's very um Katie Holmes, I mean. I don't I don't really understand. I don't know the story but maybe I'll look into it before next week. I don't know the story of You just why. liked Katie Holmes more. That's okay. You I, can say it. I well, like attractive wise. Yeah, you're, she you're, is more attractive yeah, than, yeah, there you than go. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal is very mom like. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Watching uh, it, and I'm like, huh? I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. She, but she is more charismatic for sure. Katie Holmes is very like she's better. I think I feel like she just has a a much more powerful actress presence. On yeah, like she's just like. But I I don't know I like I said I don't know the story of why they uh, why they changed changed actresses. Was it a scheduling thing? I don't know. They changed Gotham's. That's why. Well, I mean, yeah, you gotta. Once you change Gotham, so you gotta change Rachel too. <laughs> Not Christian Bale, he's good, but uh, yeah, he's good. We didn't mention his acting. It's pretty. It's all over the place in this movie, actually. But it is the whole trilogy. It's nah, it's it's really I think he's it's good. really good. I think he's good in this. It's movie. really good, but then like when he starts doing the voice, that's where he's the worst as Batman. And it's great because we don't actually have to hear him talk too much as Batman. I don't really... Th- I don't know that that's true. And then in The Dark Knight, it's like you get no Bruce Wayne. And it's just all like... Rah, 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 like the whole movie. I kind of I, I kind of like him as Batman being like... It's unexplained, totally unexplained <laughs> in this movie. That he's just like using a different voice. Also, like, Christian Bale's... What, isn't he English? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny when you start thinking about it. Yeah, but he—I mean, he—he he has a great American accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a—he's an amazing Bruce Wayne though. When he goes into like, like the the dinner party scene with the hotel thing, like so good. He's a ama- yeah, he's a ama- and then like his drunk speech, yeah, in the like how it switches. It's that American Psycho coming back, mm. um, but. Yeah, no, he he he's a great Bruce Wayne. Um, you Bat- don't think he's good as Batman? You don't I think like it's, his voice? It's his it's his, the weakest part. Honestly, I feel like that's oh. probably why people like the Batman. It's because I think. Um, what does he do in the Batman? Is he like? He doesn't has a normal voice or something. <laughs> like, what are you supposed to do? I just think he. Well, okay. First of all, the best Batman voice is obviously animated. Animated. Yeah, Batman. that's true. Yeah. Uh, just that, that. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Well, so good. Amazing. Um, 
Is it Kevin Costner? No, it's the I th- or maybe I don't know. I think the is. guy passed away. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. the The voice of Batman. Um, I'm gonna look it up. But he, that voice, it's like that low, booming. Like, I think I think that's awesome. Um, and what's weird is that Kevin Conroy. That's Conroy, a, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I don't think that Christian Bale has like, and it's fine. You know, you don't you don't need like the ultra masculine like boom voice. I actually think Ben Affleck had more of that like brawny kind of mm-hmm. sound. And then um, who's the guy that plays in the new Batman? Robert Pattinson. Pattinson, yeah, Pattinson. Also has a little bit more of like the skinny, like, like he's kind of like, he's kind of like the Leon energy from Red or Resident Evil, you know, with like the mm-hmm. parted hair and yeah. just like the dark <laughs> eyes, you know, um, but not quippy Leon, like you know. You know what's funny? I noticed in this movie, um, so he takes his his cowl off yeah. at one point, but he he doesn't turn around because he has the. Uh, He's got the eye makeup on. Yeah, you know? they kind of brush over it, but I think it's assumed that he he paints his he paints his eyes in this movie. <laughs> well, I just think visually, uh, the Batman Batman is much more um, believable as Batman and less believable as um, Bruce Bruce Wayne, Wayne hmm. right? Because he it, it's super cool in the new movie when he like takes off his mask. He's got like the 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 like dripping. I tear like like it's like the makeup is like coming down. He's all well, like just completely like sleep deprived. Like he just looks horrible, you know. Um, but I I mean I'd love for you to see the Batman. I feel like we got to go on a DC kick at this point. Oh, you got to watch the Batman. We got to watch the Flash with Juzo. I really oh, I cannot wait. Oh, I kind of. I'm seeing the videos on Twitter. Oh, and I'm like, boy. bro, this looks the so bad. <laughs> the babies. This in looks the air. so bad. How can anybody like? Did you pass see the thing on? about the baby in the microwave? Yeah, something? of course, <laughs> of course. It looks horrible. Yeah, and yeah. the CG looks terrible. Like, <laughs> so bad. You see the picture of the Flash where he's like all stretched wide. Yeah, it's like the the body like. <laughs> It's like it's all messed up, but all right. Well, I would say we recommend the Batman, Cameron. Would you? No, would you we say? don't recommend the. Batman. Oh, I mean, Batman we recommend begins. Batman Begins. I kind of feel like this movie should be called Batman Becomes. That's really <laughs> that, that's really what that's really what happens. Um, or becoming Batman. Becoming Batman. <laughs> I think Batman Begins is an okay finding Batman. Finding Batman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the um, bat within the ma- <laughs> <laughs> um yeah becoming becoming the batman is is kind of is kind of funny but nah, also I the mean, the the new movie's name the batman horrible i hate batman. that name it should have been called something like like the cape crusader or something you know like they <laughs> they should have like they should have named it something that was like. What about the greatest detective? Yeah, I mean that would have made more sense. No, but they have to like go on the cachet of the Batman's name. I know? still really feel like if I were James Gunn in charge of DC, the first thing I would do is get Christian Bale to come back and play old Batman in Batman Beyond. 
Oh, that would be sick. Yeah. That would be so That would good. be incredible. Continuation of the Nolan verse. Yeah. J- uh, Joseph Levitt Gordon's character, dead, of course. Just of like course. Just like in the other one. They have to have a Batwoman. Don't you know Batman Beyond? Joker is an idea. It's a gang. Ooh, yeah. Oh, well, it's yeah, so good. Yeah. So good. All the Jokers. I mean, I think that would be sick. That would be really cool. So who would you cast as Batman, Batman? Beyond? Don't say Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it. I was thinking Timothy Chalamet. Um, I think you could do... I mean, you can't poach him away from uh, from Marvel, but um, what's his face? Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Uh, I feel like you need somebody a little bit more buff. Like, not so... More buff. No, he's scrawny. skinny. You he's know super what? skinny. Batman Beyond? He's like a twig. Yeah. No, he's, just, he's got wide shoulders, you know? He's got wide shoulders, but he's like tiny. Yeah, you know, he is He is small, yeah. I rewatched that recently, and it was it was like he was just fighting mega cyberpunk corporations. I felt like it was pretty cool. Mm. But like it was like... I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. I'd love to see that... Yeah, Batman Beyond was like an awesome, awesome show. It was so cool. I just don't know why that wouldn't that that would totally work. People love yeah. the cyberpunk stuff right now. Like, I just what are they he's doing? He's younger too. He's like, is he a high schooler? Yeah, he's in high school. Yeah, so like that's perfect. That's like totally a foil to Spider Man in like the new Spider Man movies. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like. Well, why not? This is like this is such a good idea. Who who at DC has not pitched this yet? <laughs> yeah. And why are they not? Why did they not give us the reins? You know, it could it could you could even do Ben Affleck as old Batman. Yeah, he's not old enough. Maybe, maybe he is. I don't know. Christian they, Bale. I feel like I feel like it makes more sense to in the Nolan verse in some ways. Maybe, I, I don't know. I mean, they could bring back the other guy that they brought back in it. What was his name? Uh, Michael Keaton. They could bring back. Uh, <laughs> but that that universe is too silly. What about uh? Yeah, I guess you're right. Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> Val Kilmer. <laughs> they could bring back uh, George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, there we go. He actually would be a good Batman Beyond Batman. Oh yeah, yeah. George Clooney. He he probably would be sick. Yeah, he'd he would do great. He would do great. I'm still trying to think who you'd cast. Maybe get a nobody. Um. Do you think Oscar Isaac is too old? He probably. Is. Yeah. Yeah, he's too old. What about um? Oh. Oh, Barry Keegan. He's great. He's the guy in uh he's the he's like the kid in Dunkirk who gets hit over the head. <laughs> oh yeah. Um he's in Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh oh, did you see uh Banshees of Inisher? No, no, no. Oh, okay. He's the he's the kid in that. But he's he's young, he's like he's Irish, so we'd have to work on his accent, but uh I think he'd be good. Yeah, Barry Keegan, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
All right. Let's get James Gunn on the phone. Let's do it. Yep. Let's call him up. Hey, we could write this movie. Just kidding. We're on the strike. What has this guy been in? The the fat cop. I don't know. I I just thought I recognized him from this movie. So probably, yeah. Yeah. But all right. Well. Well, there we go. We don't know how to wrap up when we're in person, so we're wrapping up right now. We post every Tuesday, uh, and we will see you next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.